This is the Off the Edge Podcast. I'm your host. I go by many names. Right now, I go by the name of BJS. If you don't know what BJS stands for, that means you're not a member of the fifth quarter. If you're not a member of the fifth quarter, what are you doing? Why are you not a member of the fifth quarter? You have been with Warchant your entire life. Now you tired. Warchant is like the same woman you dated in high school. 20 years later, you still with her. You wake up looking at her like, damn, are we having Salisbury steak again for dinner? I hate you. I hate you. But you can't say that because you've been with her 20 years. But deep down, you feel like, I hate you. Why are you making Salisbury steak again? Damn it. Sorry for cursing. You have young kids in the car. Kids cover your ears. Earmuffs. You know, you've been with 247. Eh. You know, I won't go too far into them. It's 247. Knee's always awesome. I love knee. knee knee's a consummate professional. Brendan Sinone, he, he used to steal a lot of my stuff. I used to post him there. I, mean, I remember, okay, let me, let me give you hits. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you the background on me. I've been a no fan for about 30 something years, and I don't live in Florida. Um, I fell in love with the no uh, when I was probably in second grade. Um, I used to live with my uncle because my mother battled, and mother and father had to leave my city because I lived in a small town, and she had cancer. So I had to live with my uncle for the time she was getting treatment. And he's had that big, remember those big satellites? The really, really big ones would be in the backyard, and then when they turn it, how they would turn, we had one of those. And I could catch, like, you know, games, you catch stuff in, like, Spain. I was watching Spanish TV before Spanish TV was Spanish TV. And I remember I caught uh, an FSU game. This was like 85-ish, maybe? Yeah, around that time. I can't remember who they were playing. But I just remember I loved their colors. And I was just now starting to get into football. And uh, kind of fell in love, man. Never left them. So, never left them. So I've been a no for over 30. 30 calendars, man. Long time. Back to what I was saying. So I used to go by many names. My original name when I first joined... Social media, I guess, for Warchant was KY Nolfan. You're back there with us, back in the X Lee Drew saga. You remember me coming up and staring up the boards a whole, whole, whole bunch. Um, that account got blocked and deleted because they didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am KY Nolfan. Um, I came back. I returned. You couldn't kill KY Nolfan. He was going to come back. And I came back as. Thomas Crown, 07. You remember Thomas Crown? That was me. They were the same. We were the two. We were the, we were the same ones. Me, the same. Hey, why no man? Thomas Crown. I was both. Uh, that account eventually got blocked and deleted because they, they weren't really trying to hear the preachings of the crown. They didn't want to king me crown. So I came back once more and I came back as Ricky Rossi. And Ricky Rossi eventually this banned from Warcraft. So after that third banning, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of giving rivals with my money. So let me cross over. And I went to 247. So I went to 247 and the name staying the same. I was actually real Ricky Rossi. Nope, I take that back. I was Ricky Rossi first. And that name got blocked because I got into it with Newburgh over some shit. Um, no. I ruffle fellas wherever I go because I say what's on my mind, you know, and I can fight. So if you can't fight, I mean, I'm not really going to be afraid of you. Anywho, I came back the last time as real Ricky Ross. The real Ricky Ross. 
And this is when I had my longest tenure. I kind of like chilled a little bit as far as the back and forth. Um, not, you know, I still did it, but it wasn't as bad. Fast forward to, let's see, um, the, the Ole Miss game with, when Francois first started. This is what I'm going to wrap up this point about to know. Um, so I write, I used to write a thing on, um, 247 called Boss Talk after the game. If you ever read Boss Talk, that was me. Boss Talk was epic. I know you loved it. You guys ready to be the most read piece after every game. It was like the Instant Reaction Podcast, but better because it was written and it was awesome. And it encapsulated all of your feelings because we watched it. It was in real time. I would start typing it up. As soon as the kickoff ends up, it was up usually 30 minutes after the game. He'd be like, where's Boss Talk? I need Boss Talk, man. I need Boss Talk. Boss Talk got you through a lot of stuff. Got you through the Jameis saga. Boss Talk got you through uh, the up and down 14, 15, 14 season. Where we ended up losing Oregon. Boss Talk kept you level-headed. Boss Talk was just, it was epic. Everyone loved Boss Talk. So actually, I went on there not too long ago to try to find Boss Talk. Some of the Boss Talks have been deleted. I don't know why. Probably because they were hating. Here's the point about Sonoma. So I wrote, I wrote a boss talk about Ole Miss. And I used the line. Flat out, use this line. Describing Francois. And I used the exact line, when grit meets talent. Because when I saw, you know, he took those hits, he kept getting up, and he showed, he produced, whatever. That article that Sonoma wrote that very next day, titled, when grit meets talent, took it word for word, plagiarized it word for word, flat out. Shocked the hell out of me. I was like, hold on, because I thought of it, it was in Boss Talk hours before he even came up with it. And Boss Talk was the most popular thing on that site that was written by any poster, bar none. Can't take that from me. You know, is what it is. But I was like, yo, my man just ripped it straight from me. Just took it. I'm like, yo, you didn't even credit me? You a journalist, allegedly. You didn't even credit me? You didn't credit your man? Took it word for word. So um, I made some reference to that to Newberg, and Newberg kind of didn't like that because I made it publicly in the post. got deleted, of course. And then you know, I chilled out. I was like, all right, I'm going to ride. And then something happened, and me and Newberg got into it around the South Florida game, the game that Willie coached. It was like 16. And... um Anyway, that ended my tenure there. We got it. He banned me, and then he knows whatever. So I don't know. We had a. I can't even remember that password. So I couldn't even check what it was. But that's what it was. So, um, and then I, I just kind of like freelance until fifth quarter. So if you're not in the fifth quarter, you need to be in the fifth quarter with my homeboy, Big Game James, and me, BJS, aka Black Jason Staples. <laughs> so if you listen to my previous podcast. You would know that this podcast was coming. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. But yeah, Big Game James. Follow him on Twitter. He got a new Twitter handle. I don't know what it is off the top of my head because um, they got him up out of there. I've had five Twitter accounts deleted. And he was laughing at me the last time I got my account deleted. He was like, yo, you may not need Twitter. Let's see what happens, Big Game. <laughs> One day I'll probably tell the story about me and Big Game when we were in the Dominican Republic because that was me. If you listen to him on, I think it was a sports deal with him and Denny, and he gave uh, the story about the Dominican Republic and everything with flip-flop and everything. That I was his comrade in that. And yeah, the police ran up on me. I'm not going to go into that one now, but that was just 
that was a, a very unique time when you're out of the country. Um, James almost had me in the in the Dominican jail. But hey, that's like they hear know that we're both back in America and we're free. So that's long enough of an intro to me, so that's me. And if you've been in the fifth quarter, you know who I am. I'm BJS, formerly known as sorry, formerly known, not no, known as Bearded Legacy. Because I have a beard. I'm very tall. So yeah, that's the background. So you never have to hear all that again. So now you know. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit more. I want to talk about why I feel how I feel. And if you read the fifth quarter, you need to get in the fifth quarter. It's not much. It's five bucks a month. It's half of what you're paying for, like, WarChamp. Half. And the mods, you know, the mods are cool. They get a little, you know, they get a little bit, a little bit besides themselves. You know, have mods. Yeah, that's everywhere. Little mods. They, they have to keep it somewhat cordial. But, you know, it, there's no fear of really being, like, blacklisted. You can get what you want off. You can say what you want to say within reason. So, with only five bucks. And you get to talk to Big Game James. Big Game James drops some nuggets here and there. And you get to know before everybody else. You get to go to your friends and be like, hey, I know this. You can act like you're a big man on campus, like you really have sources. So I would advise you for five bucks to do that. But if you know how I've been, you know, getting my opinions off in fifth quarter, you know that I am firmly entrenched in the GTH. What is it? I'm sorry, the JTH. What's the JTH? That's the Jordan Travis High. I've wanted Jordan Travis for quarterback since he got the weight. That was before the spring game, or before he even got the weight. That was before the spring game, anything. As soon as I saw Jordan Travis come to FSU, I was like, he's eligible, make him be the guy. When we got Kendall Brown, I was screaming, make him be the guy. Make him be the guy. Please. I'm from Louisville. I live in Louisville. Well, I'm not from Louisville, but I've lived in Louisville for a very long time. So, But I'm from Kentucky. Um, and I remember Jordan Travis when he was coming up. I remember everyone talking about him. My friends are all U of L fans. Uh, a couple of them play football, not for U of L, but they play football. They've all loved Jordan Travis. So I am going to be Jordan Travis's biggest supporter. I am the president and CEO of Jordan Travis. However, at this particular moment, where am I? I am firmly entrenched in the Hornybrook House. I'm in the Hornybrook House. I know you're probably in the Hornybrook House too. You know why you're in the Hornybrook House? Because you want to freaking win. I don't know. I'm not against James Blackman per se, and it, it's it's and I, I want to get into this conversation because it's gonna I'm gonna have to provide some nuance with the racial aspect of it. That was another thing that people didn't like about the board about me was that I would never shy away from a racial topic or how race plays in the topic, and it did. It, race plays into everything. I know it makes you uncomfortable. If it does make you uncomfortable. Probably a reason as to why. I'm not really going to go into it because I don't want to offend you on the first podcast. If it makes you uncomfortable and you're afraid to have that conversation, there's a lot about you and why you're afraid. So you might need to go look in the mirror and self-reflect on that. Why am I so afraid of this? But if you look on Twitter, and I was on Twitter, because Twitter's the only major social media site that I actually use. When I saw Hornybrook come in, when I saw that pass to Keyshawn Helton, and I saw that touchdown, I heard that crowd roar. I was like, oh, man, it's over for JB1. I said, the man in the JB1 era with one throw. One throw. Gone. JB1 era over. 
if you look on like if you look on Twitter, it's 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 a lot of divide, and divide usually is coming on, and I hate to say it, but I don't like to say it. A lot of it's coming on racial lines, and we went through this with Exley and Drew. Granted, we didn't have Twitter at that time, no, but if we did, it would have been the same thing. But it's it, it's gonna fall upon them. I mean, Warchan, I've listened to Warchan before in the morning, and Warchan said they did a poll. They had over 800 votes. Warchant is overwhelmingly white. I was on Warchant. I mean, a few of us blacks were on Warchant, and we knew like how it was. No offense, I mean, that's how the world is. It is what it is. We've been living in this world. It's how it is. Over 800 votes. Over 800 votes. Over 800 votes. I'm trying to read. Re- sorry, reiterate that point. 90. One, I think it was 91 or 93. I think it's 93. 93% voted. If both QB both both QBs were perfectly healthy, who would you want to start? 93% said Alex Horn. This man has played one game at FSU. One game at FSU. He's not a licensed time. No, he's a Wisconsin Badger. He's a hired hitman. He's a mercenary. Whatever you want to call it. He's played one game at FSU. One game. The quarterback who everybody clamored for last year, who everybody screamed for, everybody said, hey, if you just play black, man, we'll win some games. Play black, man. We don't want Francois. He's an idiot. Take him out of the game, bro. Play black, man. Pony Brook played one game. One freaking game. Not even a full game. 93% of the fans want him, if, if you look at that poll, 93% of the fans want him to be the starting quarterback. If both were healthy. Now, if James is limited, if both were healthy, what does that say? What does that say? And I know it's, it's a small size in comparison to the entire FSU fan base. It's not really. Not really. When you think about who's FSU fan base, where FSU is located, I mean, Tallahassee, North Florida, South Alabama, or whatever they call it, I mean, it's the same. It's the same. It's good old boys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That says a lot to me. 93% would rather have this hired mercenary over this lifetime? No. Who's rah-rah? Fiery? The team loves him. He's the leader. There's a C on his chest. And 93% of those is like, hey, why don't you grab you some bench, player? Grab you some bench. But I mean, I, what does that say to you? I know what it says to me. Is it this? These cats out here don't care about you. All that rah, 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 rah stuff is good until that final scoreboard hits zeros. Once that final scoreboard hits zeros and you have all zeros on there and you lose, they don't care. Drew was the same exact way. He was great and all that rah, 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 uh, fire. Look, I'll tell you how I feel about that. X Lee should have been handled the ball from day one. I don't care. I don't care if he didn't practice well, whatever. I do not care. He should have been given the ball day one. There is no chance in hell 
Drew should have beat that man out. No chance in hell. I don't care if Drew outplayed him in every single practice from here to whatever saver you believe then comes back. X Lee should have been given the ball day one. Day one. Here you go, Xavier. Go do what you do. And then developed his talent. X Lee sat on the bench. He wasn't playing. He fell off. I don't care about being outworked. Being outworked is nothing when you're losing. If someone outworked Kevin Durant, practice harder than Kevin Durant, practice better than Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's still going to start on game day. Regardless. Why? Because he has the talent. Xavier has the talent. We wasted Xavier. We wasted Xavier. And those two games that he got us hyped, that Maryland game, I think in 05. Was that 05? Nope. Was my son? Yeah, my son was born, so it was in 06. My son was born. Um, yeah, that game. The Maryland game and the Alabama game. Two games. Drew never looked that good. Drew never looked that good. I'm sorry. We should have gave the ball to X. I'm sorry to get off on this tangent, but I, that's been pent up with me since War Chance. That's what got me banned off War Chance. I would be looking on War Chance and be like, y'all some idiots. Y'all are idiots. Y'all want Drew Weatherford over Xavier Lee? Man, you it, I don't care if Xavier Lee didn't know the playbook. You tailor six, seven plays that he knows well to Xavier, go be Xavier. Go be the quarterback who left Florida all time in passing yards. Go be that guy. Nope. That's our society. Everybody's like, no, you work hard and you practice hard. Listen, that's greedy whiteness. And I'll put that in fifth, fifth quarter today. America loves greedy whiteness. Again, I don't apologize for it. It is what it is. Anytime you have a player who's white, who shows grit, toughness, some spunk, America loves greedy whiteness because it reflects them of them in a sport that's predominantly dominated by black people. Anytime a white player can do anything that a black player does normally, that white player is going to have more. More whatever, more endorsement, more attention, more uh, more praise, etc. That's just how it is. Look at Baker Mayfield, super duper duper overrated. Baker Mayfield, he was talking shit about De- sorry, first jar. He was talking stuff about Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes out here dropping dimes. What's Baker Mayfield doing? Struggling. But why do people love Baker Mayfield? A little five eleven, six foot white guy, gritty. Attitude. They just love it because he's a gritty white guy. America loves gritty whiteness. That's what Chase Horningbrook is. Gritty whiteness. And that's why you have 93% of the fan base wanting him to be a starting quarterback. Gritty whiteness. Well, that and he outplayed Brackman. But, you know, if we're getting past the football aspect of it, it's gritty whiteness. I don't have a problem with gritty whiteness. You know why? Because if gritty whiteness helps us win, that's all I care about. I'm black. And I want Hornybrook to start of a black. I don't believe in racial lines when it comes to sports. Play the best player. Because I was an athlete. And I'm like, look, if you if you better, play. That's the only thing I care about. Production. If you produce, that's fine. And here's my point on this. As to why I feel this way. Or why I feel like the JV1 era is over if Hornybrook plays well. 
I know there's been some people who echo this sentiment after me. I want my cookie because I did it first. I said it first. I said it the day of the Louisville game. And I'm very happy we won because I got to brag at work to Louisville fans. When I went in for a meeting, that was very good. Sorry, I just got to email. I'm not editing this. I don't know how to edit. Um, but yeah. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. About uh, the Hornibrook aspect. Hornibrook won it. He played well. I don't really have their ties to James Blackman. I never wanted Blackman. I didn't want Blackman to be QB, you know, after 2017. Didn't want it. I like the kid. Great. I hope his injury is not big. I hope he, hope he recovers quickly. Just didn't want the kid a QB. There's too many things he doesn't do well that I, that I don't like. His windup, way too slow. Mobility, not there. Even though he made a couple of decent scrambles against Louisville. I think he kind of had to. I think Horningbrook kind of pushed him to that because he saw Horningbrook do it. And I don't care what anyone said. These players read message boards. They always read message boards. They read tweets, whether they're tweeting or not. They read what they said about it because it's natural human nature. Like being accounts on Twitter, search their name. Who's talking about me? Because there's this overwhelmingly need for validation. Who, who's validating me right now? And right after that game, you looked on Twitter, you saw a black man trending. Nope, take it back. Black woman trending. Hornibrook was. And it was like, yo, pretty much every tweet was like, yo, this the guy, 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 this the guy. And I said it. I said it in fifth quarter. I was like, yo, Jamie Ware might be over. And then when we went down and we lost uh, the lead in the, uh, was the third quarter, fourth quarter, roughly, one of them. I was pissed. I was like, yo, we should have never took Horningbrook out. Should have never went back to JB1. We've seen what JB1 can do. That's what he is. He's not going to get better. All that stuff about, hey, he's had three offensive coordinators in three years. I'm like, man, listen, that stuff is irrelevant to me because it's not the offensive coordinator stuff that's the issue with JB1. It's the JV1 stuff that's the issue with JV1. He's always held the ball too long. He's always stared down receivers. He never was good at pre-snap. That doesn't change whether offensive coordinator or not. So what is an offensive coordinator supposed to do? Hey, James, throw the ball quicker. Hey, James, here's your read. Get it out faster. Hey, James, hey, James. Until he, if it doesn't register, there's nothing an offensive coordinator can do. All he can do is try to scheme up something and be like, hey, let's get him to throw deep because that's what he does well, that's it. He's not thrown deep well all this year. He hasn't. He hasn't thrown deep well at all. I don't need Jason Staples to tell me anything about camp. I mean, use, we use our eyes. We listen to these podcasts because, hey, we like hearing about Forest State. Now, I don't know specifics like, you know, double Raider, X, Y, Z, T, R, triple W, slant, go, monkey, giraffe. I mean, stuff like that, I don't care about. I played football. I played quarterback, but I was a point guard, Division One basketball. So I kind of understand the, the the system. Well, the, pro, the the progression of how you view a system from that aspect of growth, understanding concepts, things of that nature. I think to me, point guard is much harder than playing quarterback because point guard is pretty much all instinctual. Especially if you're like me, who was a penetrating, slashing point guard who created. It, it's your reads are have to be much faster because you have to watch your defender that's in your face. You have to watch the help side. Is he pulling? 
to help? Is he staying for the man for the kick? You have to watch the post defender. Is he stepping up to stop? Is he staying back? I mean, each one has to go on. And this is like seconds, not even seconds. These are like milliseconds of, of like, you have to decide, am I going here? Am I dropping? Am I, am I pulling up? What am I going to do? And this is constant over and over and over. And it hones your instincts to be fast. You have faster reaction time. So when I played quarterback, it was naturally because I played basketball first. When I started transitioning to quarterback, it was natural because I could see it faster. Because I was always used to seeing it from playing point guard. So I was like, oh, there it is. Boom, there it is. I can anticipate because I was great at drawing and dishing, driving and dishing. Even though I was also, you know, set to leave the score in the state. I got I got down. So if anybody wanna check don't want to check my my uh my resume, I got it down. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. I have a lot of library a library with a lot of leather bound books. Kind of a big deal. But Blackman is who he is. He's always gonna be that. He's not changing. The offensive coordinator doesn't matter. He's always going to be 6'5 with long arms. So that means a long wind-up and an offense that's quick read. That's about getting the ball out fast. Physics are physics is naturally against him. It's not even his if he if he can see it physically, he has to do more with his body to get the ball out. That's why he constantly throws fastball. Because he has to compensate for his slower, slower read. And his mechanics with his arm, he has to get that ball there faster. So it has to come out quicker to try to make up for it. But as a receiver, that fucking hurts. I'm sorry for cussing again. I'm not trying to be Trey Rowland. I'm not. I'm sorry. You won't. I'm willing to cuss again. I'm not going to cuss again. That freaking hurts. It hurts. When you're throwing 100 miles an hour all the time, it hurts. A lot, that's why you see a lot of our guys having to catch their ball, catch his balls with their body. Unless it's like a deep ball where he airs it out. Well, he's not connecting on because they have to catch it because it's come so hard. They have to like corral it before they can run. If you saw with Hornybrook, it's a little different. His passes, while his arm strength isn't as strong as James, his passes are a little different. They come out a little different. And he's like, he has a more touch on it. Like that pass he threw to DJ Matthews that had to be high to get it over the backer. That was a hell of a catch. The catch was more impressive than the throw, but throw him back. I know big game James is pumping it. He pumps the, the catch more than the throw. Throw him back. I like the throw because he threw it where it had to be. Now, if DJ Matthews doesn't go up and get that, that may be a, that may sell over his head. That may be picked. But DJ Matthews wanted that ball. So he went up and got it. Great throw. Great catch. Amazing catch. Pretty good throw. Pretty good throw for me. His ball just is a little different. It's a little softer. Now, granted, you lose some of that going deep. But we haven't been connecting deep at all. But you saw him dropping dimes over that intermediate stuff. Extending plays with them legs and kicking it out. He hit Treshawn Harrison one time. Late, I think on a drag, it wasn't a drag, maybe the crossing line. I mean, I don't know specific routes like terminology, but I just know what the route is, how they run it, whatever they call it, was a drag or whatever. But he came across the middle, he drilled it in there, but he got the knife. But it wasn't like that, it was more like, well, we need more instead of that way. You know, you if, if you can get the ball there, but it's not 100 miles an hour, and a little receiver can catch it with his hands. He doesn't lose any momentum stopping to corral the ball. He can get there. That's why we had a lot of, a lot of yak after the catch. A lot of yak. And I love the fact that he's not afraid to find the greatest fullback in FSU history. 
Gabe Neighbors. Greatest fullback in FSU history, Gabe Neighbors. Gabe Neighbors, all he does is catch first downs and touchdowns. Gabe Neighbors. Gabe Neighbors. I know Big Game James, he scored in both end zones. He bled on that field, but hey. It's all about GM, baby. Gabe Neighbors. And I love that. Hornybrook doesn't do more than what's needed. He's not going to take unnecessary chances. He's not going to throw the ball into triple coverage. Because it's deep. And that was a good throw to Keyshawn Helton, but it was still in the triple coverage that won. The, it it would have took a miracle for him to hold on to that ball in triple coverage. He James dropped a dime. It was a good throw. Great throw. But it's just, it was still triple coverage. I mean, hey, not many people are coming down with that ball. And it was low risk, you know. It have been low risk, high reward. I mean, high risk, high reward. He could have got, you know, could have got picked, but you know, he put it, he put it where it needed to be. But he had other options on that. Well, hey, you know, you can always second guess. But hey, Hornybrook's not going to do that. You're not going to see those downs from Hornybrook. Not like that. What Hornybrook's going to do is to make sure whoever's open is going to get the ball. And if you open after two yards, he's going to get you the ball. If you open after ten yards, he'll get you the ball. I mean, now, is he going to be able to throw it sixty yards in the air? Probably not. But how many times do we need or do we see the ball go sixty yards in the air? How high probability are those? Maybe what, 10%, 20%? Unless it's us. On defense, then it's probably like 50%. That's just, that's just where Hornybrook is right now. He's going to do that. He's going to do the small stuff. The small stuff. He's going to extend plays. He's going to hit the check down. Now, granted, he could have ran for that. Part. I watched it again. I watched that play where he shoveled that pass to Cam, and Cam dropped it. And I initially I said, hey, that was good. That's not a good pass. I mean, that's not a bad pass. I mean, who do you want having the ball? Cam or running with it? Cam or Alex Hornybrook? And I call him Chase Hornybrook. And that's, that's my, I'm sorry, my fault. Chase, period. You, your face is, is stuck in my brain. That's why I call him Chase. Yeah, Alex. Alex Hornybrook or Cam or Cam, um, Cam Akers. And he could have, he could have kept it and ran for it. And yeah, more probably should have. Now, there was a defender grabbing at his foot, which probably spooked him. Because I went back and watched the condensed yesterday um, on my lunch. And but if Cam catches it, there's like one guy in front of Cam and a whole bunch of a whole bunch of green. And it's like five yards between that guy and Cam. So if Cam catches it, I mean he gets the five yards to like one on one with a backer. I like Cam in that situation. So I understand Hornybrook's reasoning as behind that. I mean he got spooked a little bit, he knew he needed the first down. He may have thought, you know, the guy was gonna get him, so let me get rid of the ball. Because he's used to getting rid of the ball. Because what has he heard about James? James holds on to the ball too long. So he's like, hey, let me not hold on to the ball very long. Let me get this out quick. Because he's trying to win the job. He's not trying to be 50 or sitting on the bench. He's not trying to be 50 or sitting on the bench, would you? And let's not forget, Hornibrook's only lost six games as a starter. Six in his career. James has lost that, what? Already? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I just think it. Hornybrook plays well against NC State. If she wins, man, Taggart can't go back to him. Healthy or not. And the reason why I also say he can't go back is because Taggart right now is not the favorite person in the fan base. Willie T has fractured the fan base. Fair, unfair, whatever. That's where we are right now. The fan base is fractured on Willie T. He doesn't have the support he wants that. Go back to December of 2017. Everybody was everybody was beat about Willie T. 
spring game, jump like what seventy grand, seventy thousand. We're getting like half of the spring game attendance now, maybe a little more. And I think some of that was Willie's fault because you know he just said it. He said it wasn't going to be a rebuild. It was going to be more of a re a what of a retooling. Nah, man, it was a rebuild. I understand he wanted to try to keep fans, you know, galvanized, you know, rallied behind him, but she should have just kept with the stack. He's like, look, we're going to get this thing right, but I need y'all to ride with me. Like Louisville did. Louisville coaches, Louisville coaches was like, look, we got to get a lot of this bad stuff out of this program. We're going to fight hard. We're going to try to be competitive. We're going to play hard. But look, right now, this ain't what it is. We'll get it better, but this ain't what it is. Y'all just got to ride with it. And the fans here in Louisville were like, okay, cool. As long as y'all put out a product, y'all competitive and y'all fighting, we good. FSU fans, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Damn it. Cussed again. FSU fans ain't trying to hear that stuff. They're like, nah, man. They keep thinking it's 2013. Nah, that's 2019. Damn, was six years ago. Six years ago. Long time. Kermit ran that kickback six years ago. Kermit probably got like three kids right now driving a Cadillac. Going to work. That Kermit was a freshman when that kid got ran back. Kermit right now got three kids and a job and a mortgage, probably. It's a long time. It's a long time from then. Very long time. But Taggart, he thought, you know, it wasn't, he didn't, probably didn't know it was, bad, it was as bad as it was as far as the toxicity in the program. And a lot of us didn't. A lot of us relied on big games to break it down to us and be like, hey, what's going on? Because we don't get to know the intricate details of what's going on in the administration office. I mean, we didn't know that Tiger didn't get to hire who he wanted off the top. We didn't know they were being cheap. We didn't know that they were giving him these stipulations. And it's like, yo, what are you doing here? We're trying to win. And they thought they could get it on the cheap, like Big Game said, and try to win one more, and it didn't work. We ended up with freaking, what was our office coordinator? Walt Bell. I mean, come on, man. Walt Bell. Walt Bell. We ended up with Walt. They didn't, they didn't even know each other. We ended up with HBZ, Harlan Barnett. Didn't know each other. I mean, this, James said these were like fourth on the list. I mean, come on. If we're big boy football, if we're going to be, you know, upper echelon. And we got the bread. Why are we not spending the bread? Why are we not giving this man what he wants? But. I have my own personal opinions as to why. It's kind of like, you know, the Obama thing. I mean, I hate to always come back to race, man, but dang it, man. Race doesn't always play an issue. It's like, yo, we not. We can't give this, man, everything. I mean, all right, look, we're going to pay you. We're going to pay your freight. We're going to pay your system free, deeply. But, like, yo, we're not doing the rest of the stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that Jimbo was complaining about. The staff support. I mean, all the... All the little small stuff, so, you know, the analysts, the the, uh, the uh, support staff, all that. You know, so Jimbo got to pick his coordinators. Taylor, you know, is look we have had Loxley at OC at least last year, and a better DC. I mean, you think we're as bad as we were defensively if someone else besides Harlan Barnett was coaching? So, yeah, I mean, I understand, you know, Willie didn't get a full fair deal. He didn't get a full fair But, hey, that was the hands you dealt. You took the job. That's what comes with it. You know, anytime shit's, sorry, anytime stuff's messed up, 
and you need a fix, they're going to give it to a black man. <laughs> they did it to Obama. The country was what? Horrible. The economy, horrible. Bush ran into the ground or whoever ran into the ground, whatever. He said, hey, let's distract people and elect a black guy. I mean, that, and that's just an old saying among black people. And, you know, you're white. Don't be offended. This is what we say. I mean, we know y'all talk. We talk to And that's what a lot of things say. When things get really messed up, they'll hire a black person. I mean, that's kind of how I feel like about FSU was. We're really messed up. Got a black guy. Now, you know, you, you may be a fan, just one of the black guys. So, hey, whatever. Everybody loved the Willie Hire person. So, shut up. Shut up. It didn't go how I wanted, how we wanted at first. It just didn't do that. It didn't. It's okay. It's okay. It didn't do that. Right now we are two and two, and crazy enough, we could be four and zero, or we could be zero and four. I think we're the only unique team in the country that can say that. We could be undefeated. We could have lost every game. That's wild. That is wild. That's completely wild. Right, we haven't lost every game between two. Yeah, man. Funny, bro. That's where it is right now. I mean, Willie can't. Willie can't go back to JB1 if, 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 if Alex plays well. I mean, he can't do it. The friend, sorry, the friend. The fan base is already fractured. You get this gift horse. This witty, this gritty whiteness? All this gritty whiteness now? After Francois at QB representing the university? And no matter what, QB is always going to be the face of the team. And not going to be the face of franchise at university though now. Alex Pointbrook with this gritty whiteness? Who's done it the right way? No issues? No problems? Clean cut? Strong jaw, well spoken and articulate, loves his guys, hard worker, putting in extra work after practice because I'm gonna be prepared. And preparation is always gonna be the best thing. Favor goes to the prepared. Willie's gotta take this. It is a gift for you. went out and found a higher mercenary, you got lucky. Situation, circumstances came about as to where your QB, who wasn't really producing to the level of the fans, wanted to produce, went down. Your mercenary came in and produced and got a team a much needed win. And he also had gritty whiteness. Listen to your fan base, Willie. Stick with the gritty whiteness. I'm not trying to marginalize Tony Brooks Dallas because, you know, he played well. I'm just giving you the large picture as to what's going into it. This is not just all football. It's not all football. Is it some football? Mostly football? Yes. Yes. Is it all football for being real? No. It's the gritty whiteness. The gritty whiteness of Alex Corningbrook has got this fan base believing. I mean, and he, okay, and I'm in pretty soon. Because this is another thing that I'm noticing. And again, you may not like it where I'm going with it, but I'm going. This is off the edge. Off the edge. Because we're right on the edge. We're not going to jump yet, but we are, we own it. We're coming off the edge. Coming hard. If you look at all, all the little beat riders, 
Corey Clark. Irish Affair. Sononi. Josh, I need a haircut. Newberg. That Wayne dude who looks like, you know, he drinks past Blue Ribbon. What are they all doing a whole bunch of? Who are they bigging up? Who are they bigging up? Not Willie. They're not showing love to Willie. Who are they bigging up? Kendall Bride. All these articles about how the offense is this, the offense is that, the improvement of the offense, the Kendall Bride effect. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting that there's like, they're all in cohesiveness. Of bigging up Kendall Bryle. Hmm. What's 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 the what's the connection between the beat writers and Kendall Bryle? I'm not gonna make it. I'm just gonna separate it out there. What's the connection between the beat writers and Kendall Bryle? What similarities do they share? And as a, as a, as a, a coach of a, a university, as Willie is, who's limited access to a lot of people who've always had access, and now giving access to different people who kind of don't look like them? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, Big Game James, he came out of nowhere. To us, at least, with the sauces. The Polynesian sauces. The yummy food. Sauce is good. Real good. Real good sauce. Hey, before, nobody was like, hey, what does Big Game James think about what's going on? Until Tagger got here. So when Jimbo left, a lot of the sauces that a lot of the beat writers had fried up. Now they don't have the end anymore. Like they used to have. And with some of the leaks that I've heard coming out, you know, DK talks a little bit too much. Um, I think Willie's kind of trying to rectify that. Like, you know, keep it on the hush. Don't tell nobody, as Ludacris said. But a lot of these guys aren't breaking news. They're not breaking stuff. Who's breaking stuff? B. JC. Sorry, I messed it up. B G J. B G J. Big Game James. Big Game James is doing a lot of the break. Now I'm not saying anything as to my personal relationship with Big Game James of what's going on. I don't know his sauces. I just know he got them. Whoever got the sauces is where I'm a row. So I like the sauce. Now if you don't have sauces anymore, that's kind of messing with your money a little bit. Because you don't get the subs. You got to write a lot more fluffy fluff stuff. Because you don't know what's going on. You got to throw a lot more dirt and stuff. Almost cussed. I didn't cuss. You got to throw a lot more stuff on the wall. To make it stick. I'm just saying. Would it be in your own self-interest to be like, hey, let's pump this guy over this guy. And, and you know, 
tribalism in the end is always going to win out. There's an aspect of racism. I'm not calling any of them racist. I want to make sure I reiterate that, reiterate, reiterate that point before anyone takes it and runs with it. I've called none of them racist. I don't know any of them personally. don't know any of them. don't know how they feel. But I'm saying in a general line of thinking, tribalism, meaning tribes, because we're no tribe, you understand tribes, tribalism, white tribalism, there's black tribalism, there's Hispanic, whichever variation of Hispanic you have, or Latino, whatever. I mean, there's age. I mean, tribalism, Jewish tribalism. In the end, people go back to who they feel comfortable with, which is usually who look like them. So it's natural. It's a natural thing. I mean, to me, there's nothing really wrong with tribalism. Racism's a little different. Anyway, I feel more comfortable around black people a lot of times than white people, than Asian people. I mean, so I'm black. You feel more comfortable around white people than black people. It's natural. I'm, I don't. I don't really have anything to to say negative about you there. No. But I do think that it's interesting. We're having some success offensively. Willie's not in the most you know favorable position with the fan base. But everybody's loving Kendall Browse. I mean, Kendall Browse don't really even get chastised on the board. I know my man Mick, he's always like, or one of them, I get him confused. That was like, yo, Kendall Brown isn't above criticism. People ain't quick to criticize Kendall Brown, man. I'm just saying, he ain't quick to get the criticism. I'm just saying, I see it. I see it. If you tell me I'm seeing something that ain't there, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I see it. Because they're all in unilateral, they're unilaterally together, crazy Kendall Brown. And they get they digs in at Willie. All the time. All the time they get their digs in the wheel. Staples has really started. And St- I took the name Black Jason Staples because I want to be the total opposite of what he is. And I, he doesn't say what's on his mind. Staples does this. Let me see how the fan base is thinking. Oh, the fan base is blowing this way. Let me blow this way. You ever seen the movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I'm sure you have a great movie. Soggy Bottom Boys, love them. George Clooney's contestant. I'm contestant. Remember at the end when Papi O'Daniel saw the Soggy Bottom Boys singing and the other guy who was beating him in the race, he was like, you know what? The people love Soggy Bottom Boys. I love the Soggy Bottom Boys. They're going to be my brain trust behind my campaign. And what happened? Everybody turned on the old boy and went back to Papi O'Daniel. That's Jason Staples. He's Papi O'Daniel. Whatever the, whatever the fan base says, Whatever they way they blow, he ain't gonna stand on his ten. He gets challenged by someone, he gonna back down. He gonna say, "I see it that way." If it's somebody who knows more than him, it's a bigger account. He's gonna be like, "Yeah, I don't." I like the whole Tamori and Terry thing. He blew that way out of proportion, way, way, way out of proportion. I mean, yeah, okay, you don't like the peace sign, cool. I mean, Tamori, that's just how black kids are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all, y'all, y'all should know this by now. We're we're grown up to talk about. It. That's how little black black kids are. They like the showboat. We've all done it. I mean, you, the peace sign was dumb. Granted, it was dumb doing it at the defender. Doing it in general, no one said anything. He's been doing it. Doing it at the defender at that time was dumb. Yeah, it was dumb. But what he said after the fact in the interview was blown way out of proportion. And Staples made it this big, huge thing like he should bench him. This, this. 
Hell yeah, we gonna bench our best long, our best wide receiver currently stat wise. Probably we're gonna bench him for that for a non flag. We're gonna bench him. Okay, he said what he said, and you know some of these kids aren't the best at articulating themselves because they're consciously thinking, hey, let me say something where I don't sound stupid, but still I have to talk within my my verb my uh, my uh, vernacular. And my understanding of what I know, how I usually talk, how I verbalize my my uh, my feelings. So what I took what Terry said is that hey, and this is this is kind of like where he gets lost in translation between a lot of the race. So if you don't know what someone says, go to a, go to your one of your black friends if you have one, ask them to translate. To me, what I thought about was Terry was like, yeah, you know, he talked to me about it. It is what it is, but I'm still gonna, I'm still going to do what I have to do. Meaning, I'm still going to make plays. If I throw the peace sign at someone or not, I'm still going to do what I do. Now, if he, don't have, if he keeps throwing the peace sign and it's at someone and it's a taunting penalty, totally different. Then you reprimand his ass. But if he breaks on a long one and he just throws the peace sign as he's running, referees aren't going to flag that. It's like holding up a number one figure, a number one, as you're running to the end. They're not going to flag that. But again, the fan base doesn't really care for braggadociousness. In that way, because we, we we're not winning. If we were winning and it happened, we wouldn't care. But we're not winning. So we were beating people like 55 14, like we beat Clemson that year. Anybody wouldn't care. But because that was at a crucial time where it could have cost us, now it's a big issue. People love to complain about something. Because they can't complain about the quarterback no more. It's because, you know, they got a guy who they kind of like. So now what are we complain about now? Let's complain about this peace sign. I'm not gonna harp on on Staples too much. It's just you know, that was that was corny and goofy. I mean, I, I like Staples as far as like his X and O. He breaks X and O well. The rest of his stuff is just goofy. He's goofy a lot of times. And people are just, you know, some people are just goofy. To me, it seems like he would be like just an awkward guy who's like real smart and knows football stuff, and just like an awkward dude. But yeah, he pushed that tomorrow and Terry stuff way too far. It wasn't that big a deal. I mean, come on. But again, why? Because it's a subtle dig at Tiger. Oh, that, oh, your coach, he doesn't, you don't respect your coach. You don't respect your coach. Oh, look at Tiger. He, he doesn't even have the players just going to do whatever they want. They're going to do whatever they want, man. I think I think it might be time for the, the Kendall Browse era. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I'm good at math. I always with a math guy. I put two and two together and get for a whole bunch. I see game. I peep game. I was raised by an old player. My dad was an old player. Old player. Put me up on game. I peep game. I see how it be. I'm just saying. Willie got to be careful. Everybody who say they're your friend ain't your friend. Smile in your face. All the time they want to take your face. Backstab him. And he got a lot on, on the beat. Ain't none of them writing no, no positive stuff. Ain't no positive. All that goodwill Willie Man had, gone. Been gone. Out of here. Peace. See ya. Peace sign like tomorrow and terror. Peace. Gone. So I'm just saying you can watch and see all this. You know, Brown's getting a lot of love for offense that stalls a whole bunch of a whole bunch of times when teams adjust. I mean, getting 21 0 quick is great, but yo, when they make an adjustment, where your O at? Your O? What you, what's your O doing? He'll never get he'll never get the you know, the gripes. It's all good in the hood, Kendall Browns, baby. All good in the hood. 
I'm not trying to call it division amongst the staff. I'm just saying there may be other outside influences that would benefit from that. But we'll see, I guess. We'll see going forward. I don't know. I can't call it. I can't call it like you want to hear it. But I'm going to call it like I see it. But baby, that's what we're going to do off the edge. We're going to talk about stuff. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to be like an ex and old guy because that's not really my thing. I don't want to be like the, 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 the comedic relief because that's Trey's thing. You know, Staples and Bud have the X's and O's and Ingram guy. Ingram, Ingram is like getting condom heads. Listening to Ingram Smith alone on Instant Reaction Podcast is like having a girl giving you head with a condom. It, I mean, it, it's still head, but my God. Condom head? It's like, it's so unfulfilling. It's like, oh God, just hurry up and finish. I gotta go take a shower, read some TPS report. Uh, condom head. Well, I digress. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna you know, throw stones at any of those guys. Those guys are good at what they do. I just. I, I need for instant reaction. I need Bud. I'm sorry. I need Bud. Ingram is like. He's like rapper Big Pooh and Little Brother. If you listen to rap, and Bud is like Fonte. And Fonte is one of my favorite MCs. And Bud is like one of my favorite guys in podcasts. You don't want to listen to rapper Big Pooh by himself. Rapper Big Pooh's okay as long as Fonte's carrying him in the little brother. But God, you listen to rapper Big Pooh by himself. You're just like, let me throw this CD out the freaking window. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> uh, but I'm, 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 I'm kidding. He's not bad. That's that's my personal feeling. Right? Off the edge, man. I'm going to tell you how I feel. If you, you got a problem with me, you know I can fight. <laughs> So, and I'm and I'm I, I'm strapped. So it is what it is. However you want, how you gonna play it? But you know, I digress. It's, it's never gonna come to that. That's just that's me joking. So, but I'm coming up on the end. So let's see. Um, NC State uh, tomorrow. I predict the win. Hopefully, I predict Cornerbrook plays well. If he does play well, I predict the day you want Arizona over. I mean, you can't go back to it. You cannot go back. If Horning Book plays well, FSU wins, you cannot go back to JV. You can't. You'll lose the rest of the fans. It's not already gone. If JV won struggles at all, you have to ride this out. You have to ride out this gritty white. I'm sorry, JV won. Yes, you waited your turn. Yes, you were a no. Yes, but hey, when it comes to my job, and I'm speaking like I'm really tired. When it comes to my job or your feelings, cold game. It's a cold game out here. Cold game. And next year, you ain't starting. I think if Travis will have another year in the system, he's eligible. Sims gets in. I just I think they'll run the offense better. If team happens, which I don't know anymore, I thought I knew the team was coming. But, you know, I've heard some things that, you know, love me like how you hold Black Jason Staples. Hold on. I know what I told you. So hold on. Hold on. So. Yeah, man. First episode in the books. I'll get better at this, man. 
right now I'm kind of like in between doing some work on a Friday, so like not fully focused. I kind of want to rush and get this one out. But yeah, that's 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 where I'm at right now, man. Everything else is going. <laughs> Sorry, I can't edit that out. You've got to sneeze. Um, yeah, man. Defense. Hopefully, defense shows up. They play well. We got midget corners. You know, number eight. Man, he's he's toast. He's burnt toast anyway. Um, injuries. We'll see how the defense shows up. We hopefully the defense comes and they patch it together some kind of way. The young guys gonna get out there. I know forty four. Um, big game. Love him. I don't know if he's black. Black Ice is, is Nazarene Ice. I don't know what 44's nickname is, but I like how 44 hits and tackles. Once he gets his arms on you, you're going down. Um, big Marv is playing incredibly out of his mind. Durden's playing well as well. Um, Janaris Robinson's got to get another move besides Bull Rush because it's not working. I saw him get one on one with a tight end, and I'm like, dude, you're too big for that. What are you doing out here? Get you a swim, get you a rip, um, spin. I don't know, something. I know they're taught not to spin, but hell, bull rushing ain't working for you all the time, player. You're too big and strong. Get you some Jason Pierre-Paul in your system. You look just like Jason Pierre-Paul. Come on, man. Go watch some YouTube clips. Get you some JPP. Linebackers are atrocious, but they're just, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, we'll just see. We'll see. Hopefully we come out this weekend 3-2, and two, and I'll be back next weekend with another pod, giving my opinions. Um, they're going to be unfavorable. You're probably not going to like. But if you listen to me this long, thank you very much. This podcast is brought to you by CBD Oil. There's no brand that I have. Just go get some CBD oil. I'm looking at my CBD oil right now, and if you take it, it's pretty good. Um, helps a lot with inflammation, things of that nature. So get you some CBD oil. Podcast also brought to you by my Keeper smoothie that I'm about to drink because you know you need good probiotics, good gut health. Uh, go get some Keeper. Um, mix it with some berries. Make a little smoothie, drink it, you know. It's good health together. It's a good health together. But alright, that's it. I have to go because I'm about to go get a tattoo done. Um, I have a long two-day session today and tomorrow. I'm getting a back piece done. So. From everyone here at the Off the Edge podcast, which is with me and my iPhone, thank you for listening, and hopefully I will talk to you soon. I'm probably going to do an instant reaction to it. I'm going to jump in the instant reaction game. I'm jumping in the instant reaction game. You'll have a lot of stuff to listen to that you should leave in the game after the game, whether you're mad or not. So I'm going to jump in the instant reaction game, too. All right, cool. I will check y'all cats later, man. Peace.